Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Building Sustainability. This is a bite-sized episode, so it's just a short 10-minute nugget of building sustainability. Enjoy. I'm Roland Keeble and I'm an earth builder and I wanted to talk today about one of the three pillars of building sustainability materials, which is, for me, clay. Clay is an extraordinary material which is capable of so much which is really not recognised and was not recognised by me even decades after starting working with the material. And one of the revelations about it is the composition of the material itself and its geometry and the way these two things interplay to make something which is, on the one hand, just clay, this weak material which gets wet and soft and liquid and then dries out hard and cracks, and on the other hand is so powerful and can produce enormous buildings, fine finishes, and this isn't to say nothing of the world of burnt clay, which of course produces the things that we can eat off and all forms of different kinds of artwork and, and you know, the humble common burnt brick. But I'm, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about clay as this endlessly mouldable uh, medium. Clay is in under a microscope a series of flat plates and it's a series of flat plates which are made up of um, silica, alumina, ferrous and these are the elements which you find in the device which you're possibly listening to this podcast on 
uh, elements which are able to transmit electricity, which hold together using very small amounts of electricity, as your body does hold together with very small amounts of electricity. And when you're dead, that electricity is gone. And so it is with clay that while it's in this free state, it's able to take up these little electrical charges and let them go again uh, in this very dynamic fashion with water. But once you've burned it, then those dynamic actions stop. Clay particles are incredibly small. They are the same kind of size as your red and white blood corpuscles moving around your body in a liquid state. And so this goes part of the way of explaining why it is that clay has such an interesting range of properties that it can become um, a liquid and, um, and turn uh, into something really quite strong and robust with the addition or the subtraction of moisture, with, of humidity. The American military um, invented a very clever weapon a few years ago they were very pleased with and it could see through walls. And um, this would obviously be very useful for people that want to kill each other to be able to see behind and through walls that, that their enemies were on the other side of. But where they were fighting their wars, a lot of the walls were not made of concrete blocks or bricks, which the weapon had been tried out on. And so they went to people in America who were building with clay and they asked them to please build them structures out of clay that they could test their weapon on. And when the weapon was tested, it was discovered that it couldn't actually see through the walls that had been built. And this also goes some way to explain why when you take your mobile phone into a clay building, very often it's quite ineffective. And this is probably linked to these small electrical charges which are generated um, as the clay dries out after you've built with it. I mean, the thing about clay is that it just can make so many associations with so many different materials. And those associations allow it to become structures um, that can build, you know, multiple storied buildings or finishes, surface finishes, which can be as smooth as glass and with a full range of different colours um, that can all be applied by a hand or a tool to any range of different materials. Just read this morning someone saying that they'd just been plastering a piece of glass. And these properties are all to do with clay. So with clay you can add different aggregates and a lot of people think about aggregates as being sand and gravels but you could also think about aggregates as being fibers straws and shivs from various different plants or wood chips or sawdust whole range of different irregularly shaped materials which the smooth flat platelets of clay are able to bind up together and sometimes 
they're bound up very tightly and closely and densely. And then you're making things that are structural. And sometimes they're bound up in a very loose, light way, binding up materials that have got very low mass and become insulation materials. But however it is, the clay is producing a material which is either structural or insulating. It's able to buffer heat and cold in different ways. And so one of the things that clay showed me was that the distinction that we draw between insulation and structure is a bit of a strange one because what clay does and the materials that it produces is to buffer temperature. It doesn't stop it. It allows it to move, but it holds it and it holds it from moving faster or slower. So if you have a big piece of mass inside a building, it can suck up all of the excess heat from outdoors on a sunny day and let it go slowly during the night or on the outside of a building with a whole lot of hemp aggregate, say, it can stop the cold from leaving the building, not with a full stop, but by slowing it down. And this range of associations that clay has stretches to all sorts of other interesting things, which some of which we're aware of and some of which we're less aware of. So, for instance, we know that lime, burnt lime or unburnt lime, has very good associations with clay and chemically work together very well, whereas with cement, that common binder which is causing so much problems in our uh, environment, in, uh, in our climate now, with cement, the clay is too free and it, it, it attacks the cement. The cement is this very fixed chemical reaction, which the clay never is. The clay is expanding and contracting and expanding and contracting. And it's something which little by little over time attacks the cement and, uh, uh, and destroys it. But clays are exploited by all sorts of different organisms, including termites. And termites are using fungi to process carbon of various different types, straw and wood, and free the lignins and the other chemicals in the timber and make these extraordinary glues, which combined with the clay can make, again, structures which are waterproof, water resistant, much stronger than they would be on their own. And these are skills and games which we're only just beginning to scratch the surface of. Another important association that clay uh, has is with chalk. And chalk is in the lime family and the particle size is 10 times smaller than clay. And it will bind to itself to a degree. It's not quite clear what the exact binding is of chalk particles to itself. And it may be that over time, there's some crystallization occurring between uh, the chalk particles. But whatever it is, it is that's holding chalk together, it's not the strongest of materials. 
it's typically crushing at about 0.8 newtons millimeter squared. But what we've discovered is that clay, which is 10 times bigger in, in its particle size than chalk, when a certain uh, amount of clay is added to chalk, you can double or triple or quadruple the strength of, of chalk material. And this gives the chalk all sorts of different characteristics than um, it otherwise has in terms of strength, but it also uh, helps the clay to, to be worked in the form of a paste, in the form of a plaster. So again, lime, chalk and clay have these very interesting associations. Mm -hmm.